uh, we said it before, it's, it's, it's sweltering. So to sit in this now on the inside, man, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm watching some of these, like, I see some of these baseball games on, and you're just going, like, oh, man, there are fans. You love your team if you're out there in that weather, uh, without question. That's the reason why when you go to a hockey game, it's cool. You're never hot when you're at a hockey game. Greg Wyshynski jumps on with us now, senior NHL writer uh, for ESPN. You know, we were talking earlier about uh, the NBA in the offseason. Greg, you know, like, I mean, it's just, it's always chaos in the NBA. It feels like it's been a lot quieter so far in the NHL. Is it just because it's a year without a ton of maybe massive names that would help with that movement? Why has it been a little quieter around the NHL? Nah, man, it's the flat salary cap. You know, the pandemic did a number on, on salary cap growth. We're not going to have growth in the salary cap until next summer, uh, and then it starts creeping up, and then after that it will keep continuing to grow, which is good news for a lot of players. That's why you see a lot of one-year deals this year. People don't want to get locked into something long-term when they might be able to make bank uh, in following season. So it's prevented, you know, a lot of big trades from happening that you'd normally see in the, in the offseason, I think, although – we do have some names like Alex DeBrinkett and Eric Carlson that could certainly move, but you know you need you need cap space to be able to create some of these fireworks, and, and teams simply don't have it right now. Do you think it's a good thing for the league that we're seeing these shorter deals and less trades, or do you think that the NHL should more embrace the silly season of this offseason? I, I think it's a good thing for these teams because they're dumb, like they're, they're <laughs> dummies, and they're going to hand out gigantic contracts that they're going to have to buy out in like three years. It happens all the time, so. You know, the, the whole point of the salary cap, if you wanted to go a little history lesson here, the whole point of the salary cap was to pr- protect the owners from themselves because revenues weren't really strong when the uh, NHL instituted it back in 2005, certainly not as strong as they are now. So the, the cap at the time was like, let's protect the owners from their own mistakes. And, and so now that it's been a flat cap for a couple of seasons, I think it's certainly kept these uh, these teams in a lot of cases from giving out too much uh, too much money, uh, too much term. They've been a bit more conservative contractually. I- I've talked to a few agents, uh, obviously leading up to the off season, to tell me that will all end pretty soon. <laughs> I-, I had one agent tell me that uh, you know you're going to see everybody become uh, cowboys again in probably uh, three seasons as far as the money they give out. So we will get silly season again soon. It's just that because of COVID in particular, we've we've not had it in the last couple of off seasons. So if you were to look now at the deals that actually have gone on, what stands out to you the most as maybe the best and then the worst? Well, the, the couple of the best ones, and they, and they both are former Boston Bruins players. I think Dmitry Orloff to the Carolina Hurricanes is a real coup for them. I mean, they, they probably have another move to be made on their back end. Brett Pesci, a defenseman who's been there for a long time, seems like he might be on the move at some point. But bringing in Orloff for two years at the money they got him at is, is tremendous. I mean, they're already strong back there. They're a team that likes to create offense in the back end. He's also a guy that can throw the body a little bit. Real good player and, and a perfect term for, for a player his age uh, as far as the Hurricanes go. Then the other guy is Tyler Bertuzzi, who you know was with the Bruins last year. Everybody thought them trading Taylor Hall was going to uh, lead to them signing Bertuzzi. It didn't turn out that way. It turns out Bertuzzi was looking for a long-term deal at the beginning, found out the market wasn't going to give it to him. By that time, the Bruins had already moved on. Uh, and then Bertuzzi ends up with the Maple Leafs. One-year deal playing on Austin Matthews' wing. Those stats are going to look pretty <laughs> sick next year when he's up again. And then on the, on the negative side, I don't like giving goalies term, man. I like, I like giving goalies a good, solid contract, but I don't like giving out term. And, uh, and the Ottawa Senators gave up a bunch of term to uh, Jonas Corposalo 
uh, a goalie who played for Columbus and Los Angeles last year. Good, good goalie, no doubt, when he's healthy. But the question is, when he's healthy, he's not always been healthy the last few seasons. And there is a certain amount of, was he kind of singing for his supper uh, last season as far as the effort that he had leading into a new contract. So not a fan of that one. But uh, on the whole, though, and you can see the grades on ESPN.com, a lot of the signings we were pretty positive on. Greg, how would you assess the, the offseason of a team like the Capitals? Have they done enough to put them back in a spot where they're in legitimate pursuit of a championship, or do they fully transition to, let's just get Ovechkin to surpass Gretzky? <laughs> well, there's some things that I, I do like. I think, you know, adding a, a vet like Joel Edmondson to their back end at least for a year is, is a good move. I think that he's somebody who can uh, calm things down on the ice. Uh, and, and has been a reliable player. I love the pickup of Max Pacioretty. Pacioretty missed almost all of last season due to a, a couple of different injuries, um, but they get him on a really good contract uh, a number because of those injuries. He was on long-term injury reserve most of the year, so a lot of his money gets paid out in bonus money, so he's only $2 million against the cap, which is fantastic. Um, you know, listen, it's, it's going to be a really tough division. You've got teams like Carolina, Jersey, the Rangers, that are all going to be uh, in contention again. You've got a Blue Jackets team that all of a sudden has Adam Fantilli, the you know one of the, the highest picks in the draft, to go along with uh, a team that's getting better under a new coach in Mike Babcock. Um, the Islanders will be solid. The Penguins, I mean, they're going to try to make another run at it again. I don't know how much time's left on their clock. But with the with the with the Capitals, it may be a little bit of a transition year. They do have a, a number of players that I think you know are. are it's good to see them back, but they still have to make some decisions on um, as well as far as some of their veterans go. I'm not huge on them being a, a real solid contender, but but I think they're going to be a respectable team. What does the signing of Ryan Riley in Nashville do for that team? And, you know, on top of that, too, he's from Toronto, right? So, like, is there any backstories to reason why he would leave a team that's probably more, you know, closer to contention than where Nashville is right now, plus it's home? Yeah, it was probably like he spent a few months with the Toronto media, and he's like, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, spent my, I spent the last few years in St. Louis. I, I, know what, I know what kind of media attention I like, and then he goes and signs a national, which has even less media attention uh, than St. Louis did. I think that's probably a part of it. I think, I, think, I think a combination of knowing what kind of market that he wanted to be in, uh, probably getting a term, I think it was like four years he got out of national, that he certainly wouldn't have gotten out of Toronto as well. So he had to make a decision. You know, do I want stability, be in a market where I'm maybe a little bit happier, it's more my speed, or do I want to try to win a cup with a team that, you know, maybe he doesn't think can win a cup after having been there, who's to say? So, you know, the, the thing for Nashville, though, that's odd is obviously, like, they, they traded uh, Ryan Johansson uh, to Colorado. They bought out Mac Duchesne. As it stands now, there's a chance that Ryan O'Reilly might be their number one center next year, and I think those days are probably behind him. I think he's a real good, solid vet, great leader, great defensive player but not exactly a guy that's going to put up a ton of points so i'm interested to see how they envision him being used over the next four seasons because i don't think it's necessarily as a number one center greg there are a lot of people in chicago that are really excited about this young kid connor bedard he turns 18 in about two weeks he looks even younger than that how quickly (laughs) do you feel like he's going to, to catch his fire in the nhl and be a star player yeah, I think I think he's going to be real solid out, out of the gate. I mean, the thing about Bedard that uh, that you always hear is uh, he's got an otherworldly shot. And, and I think that given where the league is right now, as far as players getting time and space offensively, it's not a league where they're you know playing the trap or muscling guys up or anything like that. He should be able to find room to get that shot off. And I also like the acquisition of Taylor Hall for them. I think you know he played with McDavid 
was McDavid's roommate actually up in Edmonton when Connor McDavid was a rookie. So oh, he's going to be able room. to give a little bit of yeah, exactly, Jeez. give a little sage advice there. So you know, I think Bedard will be good straight off the off the hop. But the problem is he's not going to play for a very good team. Um, you know, the, the Blackhawks, despite making some veteran additions, are a team that really stripped this thing down to the foundations to secure that number one first overall pick and. You look at the arcs for some of the other phenoms that have come through the league, whether it's Crosby or Ovechkin or, uh, you know, McDavid, Jack Hughes. You know, it does take a few seasons. In Hughes' case, it took like four or five. And in Ovechkin's case, I think it made it, it took about maybe two or three to get back to the playoffs. So I, I don't expect there's going to be uh, a huge amount of success straight away from a team aspect for Bedard, but he'll, he'll get his stats in. Talking to Greg Wyshynski about MGM tonight. Is is there? Have you looked at any team right now in free agency, or that's that really a lack of it? Not just the lack of movement, you know, overall. But if you looked at one team and gone, what are they doing? Like they're they they need to get moving. They need to get aggressive. Have you seen anything like that so far that stood out to you? Yeah, Detroit. But the, there's a lot of scuttlebutt that they may may end up with Alex Debrinket, the the bright uh, young uh, goal scoring winger for the Ottawa Senators who has probably played his last game in Ottawa. There's a lot of scuttlebutt that they might be the team that gets him. If that's the case, then at least there's a little bit more focus to their offseason. Because right now, it's like, this is two, two offseasons in a row where they've you know gone heavy into unrestricted free agency to add veterans to a team. Um, it, it doesn't really seem like it's in service of a, of a core that's you know really knocks your socks off. I think some of that, obviously, is a, a lack of luck in the draft lottery that's uh, impacted the, uh, the Iser plan, as it were. But, you know, they added JT Comfer from the you know, the Colorado Avalanche. I feel like that's kind of redundant after signing Andrew Kopp last year. I'm not, I'm not really seeing the vision, to be honest with you, with the, with the Red Wings. And you have to see the vision in a division that's going to remain really tough, even if the Bruins and Lightning maybe take a step back. Florida, the Leafs, the, the Sabres are coming on. Ottawa's going to be good. Like, it's, it's not a division where you can just kind of incrementally get better. You, they, they've got to t- start taking some big swings. Greg, I'm looking at the way too early championship odds here. I'm seeing Colorado; they're eight to one, but the Vegas Golden Knights are twelve to one to repeat. Is there that big of a gap between Vegas and Colorado at this point, heading into next season? Um, no, I mean, I, I think I think Vegas is going to be really good again. I, I think the, the hesitation there might be they're running it back with with kind of the same situation and goal, and you know, they gave Aiden Hill a, a two year extension. What is he going to be? Can he be the guy that he was for them, you know, for playing the best two months of his career uh, in backstopping them to a cup? You know, I think, I think people look at Colorado as being loaded um, and, and, and only, you know, going to be better this season when they get healthier. Uh, and then out in the West, it's, you know, you're looking at Dallas, who I think is going to be good, um, even if I don't really love their defense core. And then, of course, the, the big question, as always, is what does Edmonton give you? I mean, I've, I've long said at some point, McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are going to deliver a Stanley Cup to Edmonton. Steven Stamkos said the same thing when we were talking to him at the NHL Awards recently. It's just a matter of when and if they're going to have enough supporting cast around them to make it happen. And I personally thought it was going to be last year. I was wrong on that. They came close. But uh, you always have to wonder whether it's going to be their year next year. What about a team that could possibly uh, give you some value now? I mean, you know, somebody that's got like 20 to 1 odds, 30 to 1 odds, whatever the case is, where you think maybe there's a chance there's still something big, a big splash happens this offseason, or a team is at least considering that, where maybe we could jump on them now as maybe not even a Stanley Cup winner, but just somebody that you could see, okay, this still has the possibility of happening, so this could be a better team than what we see right now on paper. 
Well, who's in that range? Let me know. Because, I mean, you know, I saw Jersey is like the third overall choice right now, and that obviously is going to be a bit of a glamour pick. But who's in sort of that 20-to-1 yeah. range so right now? Yeah, so we're looking at, like, Florida's 18-to-1. The Knights are 22-to-1, which is, you know, interesting there. Carolina's 12. Or, sorry, no, Vegas is, is – uh, yeah, Vegas is 12-to-1. Rangers are 14. Mm-hmm. Tampa's 14. Dallas is 16-to-1. So anybody kind of in that range that maybe could yeah. still get aggressive in some way this offseason and will snag it now? Yeah, I mean, it – It'd be Dallas. I mean, like I said, I'm not enamored with their back end, but, I mean, they still have something that a lot of teams don't have, which is a franchise goalie and Jake Ottinger, who, you know, could have been even better than he was in the playoffs last year. He was fighting a bit of an injury last year. Um, But, you know, he was also really mismanaged, I felt, uh, down the stretch. He played way too many games. By the time he got deep in the playoffs, he was gassed. So hopefully they they use him a little bit better. But, you know, Dallas made one of the the smartest additions of the offseason, and, acquiring Matt Duchesne after Duchesne got bought out by Nashville. I mean, that guy's a really good offensive player still and gives them, you know, one of the deepest collections of centers, I think, in the NHL in a, in a conference where you've got to be deep at center to take on the Nathan McKinnons and the Dreisaitl's and, and, uh, and, and McDavid's of the world. The other one to look at is the L.A. Kings. I, I, the Kings are a tough one because their goaltending is a bit specious. They're, they're kind of they're, they're going to try to kind of do what, what Vegas did last year, which is to sort of do it by committee with uh, Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley and Dave Riddich. Uh, it wouldn't shock me to see them try to acquire somebody at the deadline to try to shore up that, that, that group. But, you know, from top to bottom, they are a very, very loaded team, only getting better with the acquisition of Pierre-Luc Dubois. So I haven't checked their, what their cup odds are recently, but they're definitely one that I, I keep an eye on as far as a team that could maybe make a run next year. Yeah, it's always a risk this time of year, but sometimes if you can see into a crystal ball, this is when you get a little bit of value. All right, we got about 90 seconds here or so. Oh, look, the Kraken are 40-1 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. I don't think they're going to win, but like, what is it about the NHL and their ability for expansion teams to just become uh, at least playoff teams so quickly like we've seen? Yeah, what it is is they finally wised up and they're like, if someone is going to give us seven hundred and fifty million dollars to buy a franchise, maybe we shouldn't make them suck like right away. <laughs> like, maybe we should change the draft rules to give these teams good players. And that wasn't the case throughout the '90s and the early aughts when a bunch of teams came in. But for the 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 Knights and the Kraken, I mean, they basically had their pick of teams' fourth best defenseman and you know, one of their, you know, top, you know, nine forwards. I mean, it really set them up for success. Vegas leveraged those rules, uh, obviously, into a number of trades for players that helped them win the Cup. Uh, the Kraken weren't as lucky, but the Kraken still ended up with a pretty stout team and obviously is already a team that's made the playoffs in their second year and won a playoff round. Yeah, I think any other league would love their expansion teams to not be horrible like we've seen in the NBA yeah. and the NHL, NFL <laughs> over in the past. So, Greg Wyshynski, always good to talk to you. Thanks for coming on with us.